and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 80 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? I'm sorry. Paul's not here. I'm just a different guy in a Paul mask. Uh, so we're just going <laughs> to we're gonna keep doing this podcast. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not Paul, but I am wearing a Paul mask. Hold on, let me just take off this mask. Oh my God, it is me. Holy shit. <laughs> You were you were so hyped for that when that happened uh, last night. I, you, I mean, I, I I messaged you about it. I tweeted about it. You should have heard what I was yelling about it. I was hooting. I was hollering. Uh, it was fantastic. And we're gonna talk about it. It's one of the best, you know, gags in all of wrestling. It's iconic. It's legendary. And I thought it was really fun. But we'll get into that. Uh, did you see either Dark Elevation or Dark this week? I just didn't get to it this week, and I wanted to. It looked like there was a couple things on there. It being a go-home week, uh, I did mean to, but I've been rewatching Justified in some of my spare screen time, so that's kind of what I was doing there. Well, believe it or not, I actually watched three out of the 35 matches on Dark Elevation this week. Oh wow! I watched... oh you know what I did watch a bunch of I did watch a bunch of Dark Elevation matches. Now that I <laughs> Jeff, I forgot that I watched Dark Elevation. And uh, like a bunch of dark. No, or was it dark? I think maybe I watched a bunch of dark, man. I was at an art fair today and it was lovely. I just had a really nice time up in the hills of Georgia and uh, uh, a couple of beverages. And I'm not thinking about, I'm not thinking about wrestling while I'm doing a wrestling podcast. Why would I? That's for suckers. (laughs) Why would I be thinking about wrestling while doing my wrestling podcast, Jeff? So no, I I actually take that back. I watched a bunch of dark, but you, okay. you watched Elevation? I watched three matches of Elevation because, you know, there are, you know, you know, 45 matches per episode. of. There's about, uh, um, there's approximately 73 matches per show. Yes, exactly. So one of the 112 matches that were on, uh, on Dark Elevation. Tell me about one of the 217 matches you saw on Dark Elevation. Well, one of the 367 matches on Dark Elevation <laughs> was, uh, first of all, I was not going to miss Penta El Cerro Miedo uh, kick the shit out of creepy Mike Seidel. So, Aww. you know. You just, I mean, you're really just hiding your fandom from Mike Seidel here. Like, no, we know what it is. really not. <laughs> like, when Mike Seidel t-shirts come out, we know you're going to cop it. Nope. No, not at all. You're going to have a Mike Seidel t-shirt with those cool new Kermit the Frog shoes you got. Uh, I, oh, you're going to out me on, on getting those Kermits then, aren't you? Why, what do you mean out you? They're very cool. Wouldn't they you, are like, cool. Go tell I actually, I actually you should w- be telling people about them. I actually wore them out today. Hell yeah! In, into the public, so I'm still gonna get those. Uh, I, I I still need to get those uh, those Adidas shoes. 
Oh, yeah. The original superstars with the yeah, you multicolors. Got some, got some dang shell toes out there. Hell yeah, um, yeah. Did you, I, I, did you see Reverend Run like pull up to like there was a I think it was going around on TikTok maybe, uh, like uh, Run just pulling up to like somebody on this like on in the road and he's got Tricky playing. He's got his window rolling down. And he just starts like rapping at the guy in the car next to him. No, I completely yeah. did not. Oh, hear it's about really this. good. I'll send that to you. Oh my god. It's very fun. But yes, I, uh, yeah, apparently I'm turning into a shoe guy suddenly because I, I decided, you know what? I really want these. I really wanted those Kermits. And then I saw these and I decided I want these too. Folks, so, treat yourself. So now apparently I am a shoe guy. Treat yourself. And apparently I can't get the, oh. Fight beast, Jeff. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, so I watched that match. I also, of course, watched, uh, Red Narita versus Royce Isaacs because you know I'm kind of obliged to, and right. uh, no, that then that was a very good match too. I I I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I thought that was really good. I was actually surprised Red Narita got the win on it, but um, I, I mean I'm not really necessarily surprised by that. Well, I mean, I was surprised he got the win when I saw him in Black Label uh, way back and you know in the in, in ancient times and you know the the before times of November 2019. What if uh, he got a win in Black Craft? Oh, Red Narita, Black Craft champion. Now that that is uh, ancient history, isn't it? I will say this: I would love to see Red Narita and Matt Justice tear it up. That'd be fun. <laughs> so, so you know what? Yeah, if we can do a Black Craft championship match with Red Narita and Matt Justice, I'm into that. And then uh, I watched Rocky Romero against JD Drake, which uh, that was a fun that was a fun match. It, it Culminated cl- in the return of Rapongi, Rapongi Lights, Rapongi Vice. Oh. Ah, the the emotions came flooding back because Fantastic. I, of course, was in Long Beach when they announced that they were splitting up, and I was just gutted, and the emotions uh, came flooding. And ironically, I found my Rapongi Vice shirt the other week, too. Oh, no, so. it's a great team, a great theme song. Oh, massive. So, yeah, and now, uh, yeah, he, he even got to be part of the group hug and got a boop from uh, from Chris Satlander, and, uh, yeah, so Rocky Romero. The band now. Rocky Romero is firmly back in the family now so because Hell yeah because the forbidden door has been opened we love um, that forbidden door who so, tony khan apparently is the forbidden door Co- is, tony khan did so much cocaine that he decided he actually is the door now who boy yeah tony uh, khan ascended in that promo i loved it so yeah oh my God. yeah let's talk about that real quick tony khan going the fuck off on yeah he uh, cut a little fun, on some, a fun promo it was contrived, it's, you know, like try hard kind of stuff. Cause like, obviously he's not like a TV personality. He's a rich kid, but, uh, it, you know, he's having fun. <laughs> yeah. He's having fun. Like you can tell Tony Khan enjoys doing this kind of stuff. Um, it's not like, Oh, I have to, it's, Oh, I want to. And you know, he enjoys it in a more earnest way than someone like Vince McMahon does. Vince McMahon enjoys the power of being on TV and having the crowd in the palm of his hands. I think Tony Khan likes to be a part of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I, Tony I, Khan still is like, he treat he acts like a fan in a lot of cases and like his promos and stuff do feel like a fan who's like lucky enough to get to do this. Yeah, that was just that was just something else. Uh him going the fuck off before uh before Dynamite about now what he went the fuck off about was the um the uh the the rumors that were going around on Friday, which I was just like, Oh my god, I do not need this bullshit. 
sounds right. planted. It all sounds planted to me. It, it, um, it, yeah, I don't the, really believe much of it on its face. It doesn't really feel like a lot of it's going to go that far forward. I think eventually when it got down to it, New Japan would never be able to or be willing to meet whatever demands I'm sure WWE would have in a partnership. Can, can, can I just read out loud what I wrote in my blog? Absolutely. Okay, so this is what I wrote. Um, I, of course, for those of you who are not aware, um, I do a an almost daily New Japan Pro Wrestling blog called Strong Style Story at Humbler.com. It's and, even in the Twitter handle. You should be looking at this blog if you know about it. Uh, so here's what I wrote yesterday about it because people were just blowing me the fuck up about it. I said, in other news, the internet has been on fire today with rumors and reports that NJPW and World Wrestling Entertainment have been in discussions with possibly part partnering. This after NJPW has already started partnering with AEW and Impact the last few months, while still also working with Ring of Honor, CMLL, and Revolution Pro. I really don't have time for this nonsense. No. If you keep that, trying that, to put these things together, you're going to end up like Charlie in that uh, episode of Always yeah, Sunny. With, with, with the, the, yeah, the, the, the crazy person board. We I find said, out that the, behind the, the behind the forbidden door has been Pepe Silvia all along. I, I continue. I said, the fact Kenta tweeted out making fun of this idea tells me it's not happening. And this is mostly Dave Meltzer shit stirring. A lot uh, of joke yeah. tweets, but uh, his probably one of the best when he asked for his dream match, which was Kenta versus Hideo Itami. No, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was I'd, awesome. I'd pay to watch that. I'm into it. I mean, look, man, we all went crazy for Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. Stranger things have happened. It could work. I said, I, I, I just concluded that with NJPW and WWE will not be working together anytime soon. Trust me on this one. That's how I feel as well. Um, before we move on, I did watch AEW Dark. I watched a whole mess of matches. I won't go through all of them. But a couple of takeaways I had from it. One, Nick Camarado has a really good, really big power bomb. It's almost jackknifey, but he really puts the guy into it. And uh, I like that a lot. Um, Evil Uno. Remember Evil Uno? Remember that guy? I, I, I remember Evil Uno. Remember that guy? Yeah. Uh, he got he got his uh, his warm up match before uh, their appearance on Dynamite, and bef you know before watching Friday's Dynamite, I was reminded once again how fucking good Evil Uno is. Uh, and that ripcord flatliner he throws, great finisher. Um, how how good is Evil Uno? Evil Uno is I mean he's plays player one, so there's a reason why. Um, right. Big Swole cut her hair. That was really interesting. Now that that is shocking. She cut all of her hair off and she had a lot of hair. So that was definitely a, a bit of a shock to see her, but it's great to see her back on TV. Uh, she had a really tough uh, run with Crohn's there for the last few months. So, Oh no. She's, yeah. So she, I mean, she cut a promo on it. What was that a month or two ago? Remember that? Oh, I, I actually had no idea about that. Yeah. She cut this promo. I'm, oh, maybe it was on dark. I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't watch dark. So <laughs> unless there's, I thought unless, there's new, unless there's new Japan guys involved. My brain is just like mush. It's hot wrestling soup all the time. And like, I can't organize some of these things. I thought that promo was on dynamite. I guess it might've been on dark. She talked about it and addressed uh, a little bout with Crohn's there, but she's getting back on the horse wrestling again. Uh, had a, had a really good match uh, partnering with Kylan King, who we saw on Friday's Dynamite yes. against uh, the Bunny and Matty Renkowski, and uh, that was a fun match. Man, I, I am I, I am aggrieved to hear that uh, she is afflicted with Crohn's because, of course, my son is as uh, well. Crohn's so. is not easy. It's, it's, it's no, tough it one. isn't. It, it's... it is a tough one. The, the first time I heard about Crohn's disease was from, from uh, Glassjaw lead singer Daryl Palumbo, who uh, is afflicted with Crohn's disease uh, and uh, on stage a lot. Um, also afflicted with Crohn's? Also afflicted with Crohn's, uh, comic book writer Mark Miller. 
Ah, Mark. Is it Miller or Millar? It's Miller. It is Miller. Trust me, okay. I know. I met. I met him. So that's yeah, why I figured it's you Miller. would know. So that's that's the definitive. Okay, I thought it was Millar, so I'm glad I know that now. We learned so much on this podcast, Jeff. Um, <laughs> and, and we we totally do not, and we totally do not go off on tangents either. <laughs> Ever. Uh, so Ricky Starks was good on commentary. He commentated about four or five matches that I watched, and uh, he seems to have his uh, 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 knack for that. Uh, Layla Hirsch still rules. Um, Diamante singles wrestling again. No more tag team partner. Uh, thank, so thank good. Hey, good. I'm glad to hear that. Because... She got a little pre-match, uh, a little backstage. Uh, love her energy, so hopefully we'll see her more on Wednesdays. And uh, on Helico had a match, so that was cool too. And that's all I got for Dark. All right, and with that, we go live to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, in front of a full house a full with house. no mass. Oh, well, God. It's, it's, it's where we're at now. No, um, it, well, you don't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> well, you're not. The good news is you weren't there. Uh, Thank I'll God. Say this. I'll say this. So I, we, we talked about some of my you – know, I was kind of oscillating on the podcast about whether or not I'd actually go to Double or Nothing Weekend. I did kind of think true. about it. That's true. You did. I decided against it. But just right off the rip, right after seeing this for about 10 seconds, I kind of regret it. That energy was really incredible. And, yeah, look, the, you know, we'd probably want people still following more mask protocols and stuff. But, you know, we've been on our own for a long time as it relates to COVID. I'm vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. I've been in crowds. I went to New Orleans. I've been places. I haven't got sick. I trust the vaccine. It seems to be working great. Um, for those of you that are vaccinated, we can't just continue to be scared all the time, right? Uh, if you are vaccinated, you got it done for a reason. Uh, as someone who's been vaccinated now for you know a month plus and you know uh, been out in public, I feel safe now. Uh, and if the people that do and, and are there also feel that way, more power to you. Now, are a lot of unvaccinated people still going around unmasked, unmasked because they're assholes? Yes. So protecting yourself or the, those around you who aren't vaccinated from that, of course, very important. Do it. But you got you know, make your own decisions. And for, you know, after seeing that full crowd of 5,500 people, Jeff, it's really nice to hear it and see it and have it there. Uh, you, you know, that, that that's Absolutely. fine. I, I just don't think I'm going to be a part of it. Anytime soon. And that's, and I think that's an important, that, that's the distinction people need to make is like, do you want to participate in that or not? And whether or not you want to, I think, you know, people have their, you know, are fair minded either way at this point. Uh, you know, I was out amongst a, an outdoor event today. I had a lot of fun, not a lot of mask wearing, I'll tell you, or very, very little, but I had a great time and I felt safe. Uh, well, I, I, so. I, I, now admittedly, I went and got my hair cut today and it, it it was pretty full in there, and I, I was starting to get a little anxious, especially since I did not wear a mask because, of course, I have a you know beard that needs trimming. Yeah. And but unfortunately, uh, yeah, a lot of the people there, a lot of the 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 barbers there were not masked. Oh, no. I some were, mine was, but he kept getting assistance from another guy who was not. So I was like, oh, you got that you got that Pfizer five G juice flowing through your veins, right? Uh, Moder no, I, I oh, have Moderna. Moderna. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a Moderna kid. Oh so. man, this is a fight. This is a Pfizer Moderna podcast. That is like <laughs> rare. Can you imagine the look at the way we coexist, folks? Israel and Palestine could learn a lot. From okay, no, no, do not go there. Just shut up <laughs> right now. They should listen to John Lennon's Imagine, and yeah, then they should discuss. Stop it now. <laughs> this is uh, Keem Star's podcast now. You've seen that tweet, right? The King no, Star tweet? No, I have not. It's from years ago, but like he tweeted, like dead serious, was like, Israel and Palestine should study John, uh, John Lennon's Imagine. 
Maybe they'll get it then. Oh my! <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad you were referencing a joke. I was just like, no, just stop, <laughs> stop. Of course, it it's right a joke. Now. But well, I'm, I'm I also glad do that think that we could solve almost all international uh, diplomatic issues and otherwise. I, I'm really confident that you and I could do that. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right into match number one of the evening. The no longer TNT champion, Darby Allen, up against Cesar Bononi. Um, this match was mostly Cesar Bononi, it turned out. Yeah, he got a lot of shit in. Um, some people seem to not like Cesar Bononi or think he might be bad. I kind of think he's good. Uh, he seemed pretty okay to me. I, you know, he's not super experienced. Uh, he, you know, had a little run in NXT, but I, I, it seems like they didn't train him a whole lot. Um, maybe he's not necessarily a natural for it, but he's huge. He's got the size and the look. Um, he's got a pedigree. He was a football player. He's an athlete. So, you know, I think there could be something there. Yeah, there, there could be something there. But, uh, of course, Darby Allen does get the win. Coffin drop. It was, you know, it was a TV opener. It was actually less than 10 minutes. Um, Darby's, you know, kind of made his bones being an opener and a closer on Dynamite uh, during his title run. So, yeah, this was a, a good spot for him and a good way to start what ended up being a pretty hot show. Um, I mean, the crowd, how could it not be, first of all? It was, I mean, it was, like, we're going to talk about this a lot and keep coming back to the crowd, but it was kind of overwhelming just hearing it and, and seeing it. And the, I, I, it, I, it gave I, me a lot of emotions, Jeff. I, I don't disagree necessarily, but it, it's just, again, I... I the, the, the amount of masks not being worn there was just killing me. You know, it was I mean, just... That's, I mean, that's, it's, we, it's over now, Jeff. I mean, it's just, it's, it's over. Well, no one, well no it's over. Are... Yeah, well, it's over <laughs> until the, 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 the fan fest that's going on, I think, right now as, we, as we're talking. They won't have any fucking masks on for that either. And, you know, until double or nothing tomorrow night. When, you know, Which they and, won't have masks on for either. So, the mask era is done. Like, that's just, that, that's the way it is. If you still choose to wear one, great, but people just aren't going to wear them like that anymore. Well, still a law here in, in Cook County still, so. Yeah, Dave, yeah. I can tell you right now, no one cares in Georgia anymore. There's, I, I will say, like, in some parts, like, there's a little more compliance, like, indoors. Like, you'll still see, you know, uh, a handful of people at the grocery store or whatever. But, you know, it's pretty much done here. <laughs> Afterwards, uh, Darby Allen and Sting get into a, uh, a promo with uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And I'm remembering the best. Well, actually, you know what? I'll save this for later. Because I forgot that Ethan Page as a uh, as a match later, so, so I'll, I'll save it for that. About this podcast was you know Page and Sky maybe getting back up with Kazarian and Daniels in some capacity. Right. It looks like they are going to be there. Might be a faction budding here, but not with those guys. Uh, this is something they've done. They've done on Dark and Dark Elevation with this uh, little crew of Ryan Nemeth, Cesar Bononi, and Peter Avalon. Yeah, the, the wingmen. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah. Something so, to watch. Yeah, so now, yeah, they, they, they're kind of using the wingmen as, as helpers. The Dark Order comes and makes a rescue for... That's what they're calling Allen themselves, the wingmen? Yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, the J.D. Drake, uh, Cesar Bononi... Oh, yeah, uh, J.D. Drake, too. Yeah, yeah, they're all called the wingmen. Okay, all right, I can roll with that. And, and I, Yeah, so there's that. Uh, after that, when we come back, we get the weigh-in between uh, Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo with Paul White as the master of ceremonies, Paul white putting his foot down saying he is not putting up with any shenanigans, no shenanigans this. in the house of Paul white. Meanwhile, Anthony, Agogo, listen, 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 Jeff, this is a big show and Paul white is not going to stand for any shenanigans on his big show. 
Um, this is a giant occasion, okay? <laughs> yes. And oh, you would very good. Be- oh, very good, very good. And and if you think you can just take over and be the captain, you would be insano. <laughs> okay, you've been dying to say this, haven't you? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, 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 are you lying, Paul? <laughs> yes. Um. So Anthony Gogo apparently has a legit rib injury. Yeah, he he uh, he tweeted out or or gave in an interview that he busted a rib in training. So he's gonna have a, he's gonna be a little bit hobbled in this match coming up. With oh, Cody. this is not gonna go well. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know what we were gonna see in the first place, and I think you know a lot of Agogo's offense is based around his boxing career. So there will be a lot of striking based stuff anyway, and I think that was probably the plan in the first place. The guy's an athlete. The guy's a boxer. I think he can fight through a little bit of pain. All right. He was like a, a, a legit Olympic champion boxer. I don't think a broken rib is going to slow him down as much as you think it is. Also, we got way too much QT Marshall on the mic. On the you get way too much QT Marshall every week. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry. This segment, this like, segment bored me. I'm sorry. Guy, he's a great. Co- I don't, actually didn't mind the segment so much, and I tweeted about weigh-ins in general. I'm pro weigh-in. I think weigh-ins for certain events like this in wrestling are good. I think this one specifically had all of the very stupid and very contrived spectacle of modern boxing. Modern boxing is very dumb now, right? Except for for the dust-up. There was no dust-up for it. So, I mean, it was all all useless. Always need that. And there's usually not in boxing either. Like, the biggest fight in the world right now is Floyd Mayweather fighting a YouTuber. That's the biggest boxing. The biggest boxing match in the world is a 44-year-old retired man fighting a guy who got famous for going to the suicide forest. Uh, And... That's what boxing is now. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's all and like all of their you know meetings and their head-to-head stuff is all contrived. It's all bullshit. Uh, it's all kayfabe. But circling back, you know, from wrestling, taking uh, you know, kind of coming around full circle and taking a page from that, uh, I it fits the you know modern narrative and it fits what today's combat sports climate looks like. Uh, and so I liked it for that reason because uh, I am a piggy for this bullshit. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's fine if you're a piggy for this bullshit. Uh, Cody Rhodes also a complete ding dong, but you know, to, yeah, to, to the ding dong. That's you know, a, I'm not going to argue again about why Cody being a ding dong is the charm of Cody. My opinion on that is very known. Yes, it, it is. But yeah, he, I mean, just to say that that, that the, the uh, let's set the 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 controversy over the promo aside. Let's let's set that aside because I don't want to. Which wanna, I thought, by the way, the only thing we'll say about it is I think it was the smart move to not address it at all on this uh, segment. Right. Which I think thankfully he did. Yeah, thankfully he didn't. But also the fact that he said that he 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 focus grouped this. Which there was some clarification on that Ooh, after boy. when when he said focus grouped, we interpreted it as oh he went out and got a focus group. That isn't what happened. He got together with some of the vets backstage, the Arn Andersons and Dean Malenko's and worked on it, workshopped it with them and just kind of said, hey, you're, you know, the guys that can soundboard this off of. He didn't, like, get, like, cons- average consumers to, like, watch his promo or whatever. Uh, uh, so, now, we're, we're at a legit focus group. There's a whole, you know, mess of things you can say about that. Uh, still funny, still a funny choice of words, but a little bit different. Than, than what I you think. Know, I, I and, and I got to give credit to to the virtual pros, uh, R.I.P. virtual pros, 
uh, the, the, their Twitter account because they're the ones who called him a ding dong. So of course I, I, I need to, you know, respect that, that they, they said it first, but yeah, he, he, he's a ding dong. That's not the official, po- uh, uh, opinion of this podcast. I think he's nice. I think he's a ding dong. Hmm. I just think he's, I just think he's neat. <laughs> we then go to a retrospect <laughs> of the stadium stampede 2020 match. And, uh, okay, cool. I don't think, Look, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think this year is going to be anything like this one, but you know, no, I think it's, which I think is very fun. Like, uh, and interesting how they're trying to like use like their video packages and like edits to make last year's match fit this year's narrative. Right. I mean, last year's match, last year's match was, was funny. That was, I I don't think this year's will be. Yeah. It was done in large part as, I mean, there were some pretty rough bumps, but like it was done in large part as a comedy match. This one is not going to do that. But like, if the only time you could take this like video package seriously is like, if you hadn't seen last year's match. Right. And they they, like build the context through the vignette that like, oh, well, this is a serious type of match. Uh, I mean, creative work by the uh, the people at AEW's video department for putting these together. Uh, They're well made. And I like seeing the highlights of the stadium stampede because I think it is a fun match. And I think this one's going to be fun, too. Yeah, but they they, they didn't even put they didn't even put the best bit from that match in there. Right. Because that's like an actual comedy bit. Right. You have uh, Jericho hitting Judas effect on the the Jaguars mascot. Really great stuff. So. <laughs> I think also, I and also I popped when he uh, when we took like you know the the the, the you know the uh, the traffic cone and just put on his head and started cackling like a witch. Yeah, also good. I just thought that was funny. Watch that match again. I think before uh, before Sunday night. Yeah, well, yeah. Try to. I, I don't know if I'll get to, but uh, I like I have a backlog of matches I'm going to watch tonight. So. Uh, then we go backstage, and uh, Christian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs are beating the shit out of each other, and I am fully in for this one. Love this. Love the presentation of it. An old-school backstage interruption fight. Like, a, oh, hold on. We have something happening back here. Just, you know, some, uh, this is like a, a classic wrestling trope that isn't off-use anymore. And when done like this, it's very fun. And kind of really fit in the theme with this show. This was a very just classic go-home wrestling program. Uh, it was built, like, really with only one thing in mind, and it was to hype Double or Nothing. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was a good segment. I really yeah, it was great. And not, not, not the only good segment on this show either, as we, no, the, as we I mean, get to. No, I mean, so far... So good. I thought the whole, you know, from this, you know, from the beginning on, I didn't really openly dislike anything on the program. Well, we've already had our disagreement. Mm-hmm. Our second match of the evening, a rematch from All In, uh, Adam Page versus Joey Janela with Taz yeah. with Taz on commentary. Taz having one of the lines of the night, but unfortunately, it was only on the Fight TV foreign feed during the commercials when Janela had. Kind of, kind of had his undies showing, and uh, Taz goes, uh, "Come on, Joy, you're not on the indies anymore." Oh, so, no. Taz apparently not all in for for uh, game changer wrestling. It's ah, uh, well, I mean, hey, they're they're a super indie now, though, I guess, right? I, yeah, they are. They're in uh, they're in Wyoming this weekend. Is that the show? Is that the I Wyoming? Don't I don't know. I I saw that Nick Gage is going to be taking on Sadika from uh, from Zona Twenty Three. Oh yeah, that well, he's gonna. That's a Zona Twenty Three show. They're doing a GCW Zona Twenty Three cross show in September. I want to uh, say. I don't think it's Zona Twenty Three. 
I think it is Zona 23, bud. Uh, the notes. I think I they're saw... doing it at the. Jun- I'm pretty sure they're doing that at the junkyard. Uh, no, they are not. They are. Uh, now it says that. Uh, no, this is a No, that shows in Houston. It's with. Uh, um, hang on, let me get there. Come on, load the tweet. No, it's with uh, Loco Wrestling, a, a local indie promote indie I, promotion. I'm uh, almost certain that we're talking about two different shows. I guess we yes. are because it does say that GCW is going to be part of the NGX show in Monterey and on the 17th at Vanguardia. But they also have oh, there is a yeah, July 18th. There's a July GCW uh, Zona 23 show. Yep, at the junkyard in Mexico. Very okay, cool. Okay, well that ooh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm going to read about that one. I'll watch. Okay, yeah. so I, I'm going to read from uh, Lucha Blog, the you know friend of the show, the Cubs fan. Um, Sadika has Twitter fans because she looks like she's really hurting people in gifs. Her trick is to make it look real is she's actually hurting people. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, and that's... she's wrestling Nick Gage. And she's wrestling Nick Gage. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. MDK. So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, speaking of some MDK, uh, Paige looked like he encountered Nick Gage because, oh boy. And he got opened up. We got a couple of hard way shots there. Uh, his lip split open and then I think something from his nose and then finally the head. Yeah, wow. So, he got busted up uh, pretty good in this one. Joey didn't pull any punches. Uh, this match uh, had a lot of the same violence as the last one, except no Cracker Barrel. The biggest thing missing. That's right. You, you know what? You're right. There was no Cracker and Barrel. Th- thank- and, th- and, th- and, thankfully, and thankfully, no Joey Ryan at the end either. Oh, boy. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Also, no. not enough Sunny Kiss on AEW TV. Yeah, which, uh, well, Sonny was on uh, AEW Dark. This is a, an angle they shot on Dark. Uh, Joey had a match with Bear Bronson, and then Sonny had a match uh, with someone from Team Taz, maybe? And then was getting beat up, and Joey left Sonny uh, to get beat down. Damn. And then immediately went on Twitter and was like, I just had a migraine. Uh, everything's fine. So... They've they've teased this a couple times. They've teased Joey kind of walking out on Sunny or showing frustration with Sunny uh, throughout a few th- angles they've had over the last couple months. We'll see if this goes anywhere. I think they're kind of just keeping it up in people's minds just to keep it kind of bubbling there for whenever they want to pull the trigger on this. At some point, it's probably gonna happen. But for now, uh, let it ride out. Hopefully, they'll get to they'll get to play this out on Wednesday nights. Um, after the match, uh, Taz, you know, tries to talk to Adam Page so that Team Taz can run in on, but Adam Page is too smart for this bullshit because he immediately turns around and says, yeah, hey, Hook, how you doing? Hey, come on, Ricky. (laughs) Oh, hey, Brian, Brian Cage. And, uh, Brian Cage gets a roids joke at him. Adam Page tells, yeah, Brian Cage a joke that does allude to... Uh, rumored steroid use, which cannot be substantiated or proven in any way, shape, or form. Uh, this is all allegedly, uh, and you know, we're not accusing anyone of anything here. No, of course point. not. We would never. We're definitely not accusing a, a man who looks like he's fucking uh, uh, a, a Rob Liefeld drawing uh, of steroid <laughs> use. I'm very proud of you for remembering. If if Rob Brian Cage, if Brian Cage's hands looked really, really, really weird, he would be a Rob Liefeld drawing. And you never saw his feet. 
and you've never seen it. We, if I bet you, if you asked Melissa Santos, she would describe them for you in excruciating detail. Oh God! Uh, so anyway, uh, basically, Adam Page standing there bleeding, like uh, which reminded me of the Tetsuya Naido promo he cut with uh, Hiroma. He just had a, a, a you know five alarm gusher. Talking, yeah, yeah talking was, with Hiromu before the world ended. promos and bleeding. It was uh, pure cowboy shit and uh, very good stuff. Uh, he basically challenges uh, Brian Cage to show up by himself and uh, not you have Team Taz with him. Do it without your crew. Yep, do it. And honestly, some of the best personality and promo stuff from Brian Cage. I really like their face-off. It felt natural. It felt authentic. Yeah. Uh, this was the most excited I've gotten for this angle so far. I thought Brian Cage did a really good job there. Yeah, I think this this low-key might be one of the best matches of the... Uh... Notice that Brian Cage has gotten better on the mic since his uh, uh, introduction into Team Taz. That much is true. But thankfully, not, he, does, not a but, but thankfully not a he doesn't talk a lot either, so... <laughs> no, but that's the way that you're supposed to present a character like that. Not too many words, but effective when he is talking. And I think, you know, Taz probably has a lot to do with that. Speaking of words, uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston had some words about trying to bury Young well, Buck's shoes, and then, and then <laughs> TNT cuts the commercial in the middle of it. Yeah, so they fucked up, they cut the commercial, and then they came back and just re-aired the promo, so good stuff. Yeah, ooh, that was a botch. That Whoops. was a botch. But, uh, yeah, they, they, did, uh, they did carry it through, so, yeah, we're going to get Mox and Eddie... Uh, against uh, the Young Bucks for the World Tag Team titles. Yes, we are. Uh, we then go to what was supposed to be Orange Cassidy replying to Kenny Omega regarding the contract signing, but in, or, or deferring his, uh, his shot for the AEW World Championship. Instead, we get, uh, we get a great promo from Billy Big Fish Bollocks, uh, the Bastard Pack. The Bastard is ready to win some gold. Uh, that was an actual, a, a, an actual good promo. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he is a good promo. We just haven't got to see it enough because of the quarantine stuff. We've seen him a lot of pre tapes, which he's always good in a pre tape, you know, his baby face time as Neville in WWE, uh, just not right for, you know, who he is and like what he can do best in the ring. Uh, he's really hit his stride though. And having death triangle, uh, you know, I think is very helpful having, uh, the Lucha brothers at his side. This makes him all that much more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for. I, I guess I could say intimidating. Uh, Don Callis appears on video says there's no way in hell he's going to appear but then Kenny Omega tries to sneak up on him but uh Pack is ready for it and yes and, another and guy who's too smart for that yeah so yeah the, the, so they, they 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 undercut the same trope twice in in, in uh in the same segment it, well in, I like in consecutive I segments good. I should say I think it's good wrestling has been around for how long how often do people do this people should pick up on it by now more often than not wrestlers should catch it they should successfully do the sneak attack uh, uh, less. So if anything, this is like more real. Uh, with that in mind, uh, Pac proceeds to beat the shit out of Omega until the good brothers show up and uh, ruin everybody's fun. But then uh, Penta El Cerro Miedo y Rey Phoenix come to the rescue. Phoenix shown up for work, even injured. Yes, and they did a great job hiding that by just instead of doing, you know, a, a beat down in the ring segment, they had the Lucha Brothers chase the Good Brothers out of the ring and then out, you know, in through the crowd and onto the ramp outside of Daly's place. Yeah, so, so they got them to, you know, get get in, get out, still make the save, but not have to have Phoenix bump. Right, and then 
Orange Cassidy shows up with the best friends in tow, hands Omega an envelope, and it is uh, the contract deferring his shot in pieces <laughs> and blow it up, blowing in the wind. We would be remiss if we didn't mention how hot that crowd was uh, for the Pixies or for Pixies. I shouldn't say the. Sorry, no the. Um, Wait, so, so, so when aren't they the Pixies? I thought they were just Pixies. No, they're the Pixies. Are they the Pixies? I yeah. thought they were just Pixies. Yeah, they're the Pixies. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, hot crowd. Oh yeah, Th- this is like hey, Orange Cassidy is way the hey, Wait, Orange Cassidy is way the no, fuck Jeff, over. We have the internet. I have to. I can't. I can't let you move on without me being right. They are just Pixies. They're not the bullshit. I'm looking right <laughs> at it. I'm looking right at it. Oh whatever. They're the Pixies. <laughs> Come on. Okay, if it's if it's shit. Pixies, if it's Pixies, tweet us. Uh, it's Pixies, and if it's the Pixies, tweet us. It's the Pixies at BGTD Podcast. Nobody gives a shit, you nerd. Wow, <laughs> wow! That's what you get for being right and smart. I'm I'm a pariah. I'm being I'm being persecuted on my own podcast. That's right. <laughs> wow, this is a, you want to talk about sneak attacks? This is a sneak attack. Uh that segment was fantastic. Yeah, very good. That, that that was uh, fantastic. This continues. All of these segments are just very much like uh, classic wrestling tropes executed properly. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, uh, outside the box thinking on this show. Everything was very pro wrestling and everything was done very well. Uh, when we come back from the commercial break, we get some late breaking news that Jade Cargill has actually signed uh, Smart Mark Sterling and uh, sent Matt Hardy on his way. <laughs> Big opportunity, Mark. Don't fuck this up. Don't That's do all it. I can think of is don't fuck this up, Mark Sterling. This is literally the most important wrestling prospect, I think, since Brock Lesnar. I've said this before, and I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, don't fuck this up. Which means, which means, smart Mark Sterling, you have an incredibly rare opportunity to be looked at in any kind of parallel to Paul Heyman at some point. Don't fuck this up. No pressure, though, bro. No pressure. Our third match of the evening, Jade Cargill beating the shit out of Kylan King uh, with Smart Mark Sterling. Uh, this is a fun match to see because Kylan King is big. Kylan King is like 6'1". She's one of the bigger girls on the roster. Um, we haven't seen Jade really match up with anyone of that size. So this was fun to see. Yeah, and uh, Smart Mark at one point tries to throw her a card, and uh, she doesn't take to it. <laughs> But, hey, uh, you got to get those feelers out there, man. It's a numbers game. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, well, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty true, actually. Uh, we then get a backstage promo with uh, Lance Archer and Jake Roberts, which transitions into our fourth match of the evening. Oh, by the way, did I mention Jake Cargill fucking rules? Cause she is a superhero. She really is. She really, really, really like, is. They should like basically build a, a, a mint inside of Daly's place with her at this point. She's just a money machine of a wrestler. Ooh, they, if they don't, as long as they do this right, they should make about a gazillion dollars. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, our fourth match of the evening, uh, Miro defending the, his newly won TNT championship against Dante Martin. Uh, this was a bit of a shock. I thought this was going to be a complete squash. Dante got a lot of shit in. They like Dante Martin. They like top flight a lot at AEW. Um, before Darius got hurt, you could tell that they had big plans for them right off the rip, which is good. They're one of the most exciting young tag teams in all of pro wrestling. Dante is like 20 years old, dude. And 
he's in he's like really really good <laughs> for how young he is um i just like to sidetrack for two seconds remember how you said that uh jade cargill is a superhero yes uh who do you think one of her inspirations are for her for her uh look and uh and her character it would have to be Halle Berry Storm, right? It, well, Storm, yeah. Not necessarily yeah, Halle Berry, but yeah, Storm. I was going to say, well, I mean, she's about our age, right? So she probably had the same, like, X-Men experience, right, with Halle Berry being her Storm. Uh, like, when I think of awesome, Storm, I think of, I think Halle Berry did a great job. Like, I when I think of Storm, I probably think of her more than I think of the comic book Storm at this point. See, if I think of Storm, I think of, you know, past artists who have drawn. So, like, right, per- particular right. artist. I just thought Stor- like Halle Berry did a really good. Like, like, like there's, when- there's a lot of problems with those X Men movies, and this could totally be an X Men podcast. Uh, you know, not the least of which is that they're directed by you know Brian Singer. But um, I thought Halle Berry was really good in them. Oh yeah, she was. She was fantastic. I think that the best portrayal outside of you know Hugh Jackman was uh, actually uh, Alan Cummings as Nightcrawler. I thought. That oh was- yeah. Yeah, Alan Cummings, was... Nightcrawler. Yes, I, he's he was. One, I mean, Nightcrawler was always one of my favorite X Men. Anyway, a lot of because I love the X Men arcade game. Uh, Nightcrawler and Colossus were my two favorite characters to use. So nice. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I would say if I think of Storm, I usually think of like you know particular artists and and their right. portrayals. Like, remember when Storm had the mohawk? Or yeah. do, you not, do you not remember okay, so that wait, era? I kind of do, but okay. So when uh, here's a good question: When you see Jade Cargo, which storm do you think she's most inspired by? Like which comic book storm? You know, does it look oh, like to you? comic book. Ooh, um, shit. I mean, the outfit she was wearing in a couple of promos made me think of the uh, the, the the Mohawk Punk Storm. Okay, uh, that yeah. would be. Well, uh, I think Paul Smith designed that. So okay. yeah. Right but anyway, anyway, uh, back to our, our our fourth match of the evening. Uh, yeah, Dante, like I said, Dante Martin got a lot more shit in than I thought. But then, you know, we got Miro, and uh, Miro did Miro things, and uh, yeah, stretched that, the fuck out of that. The what is he? Boy. What's he calling his finisher now? I, I, Game over. Game over. Perfect. Um, he the way he uh, kind of incorporated that lean back moot part of it. Mm-hmm. love that like well, that's something he didn't do in wwe that's something he's kind of incorporated into that, yeah, that and it makes it look yeah awful. that makes it that makes it look more like a traditional camel clutch than you know the steiner recliner because steiner was standing over them yeah yeah, yeah. And like uh and, and you know the way with miro would do it is he'd do the backstop and he'd kind of be in the squat move and yeah it was i mean it was kind of the iron sheik's camel clutch i would say like yeah. you know but, but now when he does that like lean all the way onto his back oh my goodness uh afterwards uh Lance Archer and Jake Roberts come out again, and uh, we get a fucking hoss fight. Yes, and Lance Archer just being so mad, like, pacing around behind Jake, like, let me at him, let me at him, let me at him, let me at him, let me at him. And finally he was like, okay, I go, let's fight, yes! Oh, God. So, Very yeah, fun. that was... Very that, fun, that match is gonna rock. That was fun. That was fun. And then... This okay. is where the big boys play, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at the adjective, Jeff. Yeah, boy. Uh, we get a tribute to Hikaru Shida and her one-year title reign. That includes getting a new title belt uh, just in time probably to drop it to Britt Baker, who it's does really come nice out. Belt. It is a really nice belt. So I she like will the, at least get to keep the old one, I hope. They definitely listened to the feedback on that one. They took the, like, eggy oval shape and they kind of widened it and flattened it a little bit. Uh, they made the AEW logo more clear. They kind of made a, like a like a gold and silver kind of uh, uh, contrast there. More diamonds really looks nice. Right. You know the thing is though is that it really does kind of look like an an actual old timey wrestling belt though. Because, Which is I mean, cool. because because old timey wrestling belts title belts the night used to be fucking huge. 
No, no, no. They had because they were like boxing belts. Right. So yeah. Most most of those old boxing belts were like a satin strap. Yeah. Uh, with like a gold thing on them. They, you know, leather straps weren't real big in boxing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, wrestling mates started doing that. And then what, probably the big WCW belt is what changed the, the, the thinking on the big belts, right? Yeah. Because even if you look like, like, you know, the old IWGP title, it, it wasn't that big until, you know, the, it, I mean the, the, you know, the, the, the vaunted fourth belt that we all love, um, that is no longer, I mean, that was clearly inspired by the, the big gold belt, I think. Absolutely. Oh, for um, sure. Anyway, uh, we need to talk about something regarding this segment, though. We should let's talk about the the segment first. Okay, well, I think we pretty much did, but I well, mean, Shida, it, well, I think it's important to acknowledge that Hikaru Shida got her moment to cut her promo in front of a full crowd, which she literally had not had the opportunity to do for the entirety of her title run. Right. Uh, I think it's important to mention that Hikaru Shida carried the women's division through obviously the most difficult time in the division's history and in AEW's short history, uh, a, a monumental task. And the AEW women's division is significantly better today than it was the day that Sheeta won the belt. And this all happened while she was the champion. So Sheeta needs to be looked at and thanked as one of the people that helped make this happen. Uh, so this I, was great to see her get I, this I, moment. And I don't disagree, but I mean, yeah, she got, she is getting a courtesy that even John Moxley didn't get. Which yeah, was true. to, to but, be, you know, she, she, now mind you, she don't won the but belt. Moxley, Moxley won his belt in a full, in front of a full crowd. That's that much. I was about to say that. Yeah, that is true. Cause you know, we were, cause we were there. Literally. Yeah. Sheeta was pandemic era champion day one till yeah. now. So she got that chance to have her moment and she absolutely deserves it. Uh, so it was great to see Britt Baker came out and gave us a glimpse of the future. I love the the, the DMD t-shirt in the AEW font. I think it's a really cool shirt and I might even buy one. Right. Uh, so that's what I had to say about that. And I guess now we can mention the other thing. Okay. So um, as you may know, there are other feeds of this show, including, you know, Fight TV, where, you know, during the picture in picture, you can hear the what's going on or you know during the commercial breaks uh if you're watching the the uh the fight feed you can hear what's going on well apparently the spanish feed was is, is very similar and they kept their mics on and as they were talking who was it there it was alex abrahantes uh okay it was alex abrahantes willie urbina thunder rosa and dasha dasha carrot right and they were discussing who was going to translate whom in the coming segment? And it was who was it? Willie. Yeah. So they they were. So it sounded like Dasha said, "Willie, you do Sheeta." And well, go ahead, go on. Well, uh, well, I'm not gonna. Uh, so, oh boy. So, so what did Willie? This do? isn't okay. First of all, this isn't come town, so I'm not gonna do the voices. No, don't. But, please, God, please don't. But. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, so he was they, he was told, you know, you do Sheeta and he took that moment to uh, try and be funny by doing an incredibly racist impersonation of Hikaru Shida, uh and of the the Japanese language in general uh, to some very loud laughter from Dasha. And it sounded like Abrahantes too. A uh, couple of seconds of that, and then you can hear Thunder Rosa kind of sigh, and she says, "Que mano? Like, why, man? Why are you doing this?" And then they move on. Uh, it was not good, <laughs> not good at all, Jeff. Not, not, was it actually like they they found this funny, or it was just like the nervous laugh? Like, <laughs> I don't know. 
but it what Dasha's laughter did not sound nervous at all to me. She burst out laughing. Oh no. Raucously. It sounded to me as if he had done this impression before. Again, this is all speculation. The facts are there. There is an audio recording of it. And, you know, what do you want to interpret from there, I guess, is up to you. It's definitely not up to interpretation that William Urbina's uh, impersonation was way out of line, especially uh, on a hot mic when you're a fucking broadcaster for, you know, a nationally televised, internationally uh, televised program. Uh, Completely insane to even think that's a good idea when you have a microphone in front of you Jesus or even Christ. just any time in private or in your regular life. But just to do it while you know that there's a microphone on you that like you're not in control of the volume button of. Like if you can't hit your own mute button, don't say anything that you wouldn't want muted. Fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Or that you would want muted. I should. Yeah, uh, I should it, it, it's just it's disgusting is what it is. You it know? was bad. It was, it was really, really bad. Willie Urbina has been let go by AEW in the time from then to now. Uh, that happened earlier today. I still think Dasha should answer for uh, how amusing she found the whole uh, thing because, you know, Hikaru Shida is one of her co-workers. Dasha's wrestled for AEW. She's a part of the women's roster. Uh, Thunder Rosa seems to be the only really redeemable voice in this whole thing at this point uh, because she was clearly not amused by the whole thing. You can hear it in her voice. Uh, that she, you know, she didn't want, and obviously I'm sure she knows, you know, Sheeta pretty well. They've had some pretty good matches uh, with each other. Um, but yeah, the, the, it had to be answered for swiftly. And I still think that, uh, Alex Abrahantes and Dasha and even Thunder Rosa should all have, you know, they should address, uh, uh the situation. I totally agree. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. This was uh, way out of line. And also, uh, and um, I am going also, you know, since there is an opening, uh, I am going to put on my El Generico mask and head down to Jacksonville, see if I can get the gig. I would not advise that. <laughs> I mean, I can look, I can try. Oh boy! <laughs> I'll just do El Generico. God, no! Stop it. Still uh, less than what Willie Urbina did. Well, that much might. You know what? I'm just moving on from this. Uh, we El Generico was funny. All right, well, now we can move on. Okay, we then get uh, Sammy cards mm-hmm. again. So the the the, the, the Sammy nature cards is healing. Come back. Nature is healing. We get the Sammy cards. And then we get our fifth and final match of the evening in which the OG Dark Order, the Super Smash Brothers, Evil Uno, and uh, in Player Dos, Stu Grayson, versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. So the thing I wanted to say about Ethan Page earlier is I, I just remember my favorite bit with Ethan Page was at the DDT Coming to America show. This is like the second match of the evening. There was a dude who is lights out fucking drunk, fell all over, you know, Dion Wells, you know, the guy I traveled with, uh, fell all over him and uh, the woman that Dion was sitting next to, just falling over screaming, Ethan! Ethan! <laughs> In the middle of the match, Ethan Page just stops and points right at him and says, this guy's cut off. <laughs> and that guy disappeared. Imagine cheering for Ethan Page. I mean, it was... That's how you know. He must have been really drunk, because imagine not booing Ethan Page the moment you see his face. My God, that was... uh, Yeah, I mean, he was just... He was... And this is nothing against Ethan Page. I just think he's a great heel. I think Ethan Page is a really good villain. I was thinking about this uh, during this match, Jeff. I think I've probably, on the independent wrestling scene, seen more Ethan Page matches than anybody else. 
There's a good chance of that. Okay. Uh, you know, watching being around Chicago for a few years and watching indie wrestling. Name a promotion he doesn't show up in in Chicago indie wrestling. I, I can't. He's at all of them. So, like, if you go to AAW and or Freelance and or Warrior regularly, you're going to see him at all three of those promotions. Yeah. I, Probably I, I, the same weekend. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, this was a really great match that really showed how just underrated Grayson and Evil Uno are. How good is Stu Grayson, dude? Oof. God, Stu Grayson's good. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs more recognition. Yeah, the, this man, both these guys, you know, we talked about Evil Uno having a really good match on Dark. He had a really good match here. Scorp and Page, you know, just consummate professionals. Ethan Page, you know, not only you know, did he make a successful body transformation, it's paying dividends in his ring work. Right. He looks better. He's wrestling better. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm with you. And, and Scorp's a good partner for him. They have, they have good contrasting styles that make an interesting tag team. Uh, Ethan Page gets the win on uh, over Evil Uno, and then we get a a parade of people in sing masks. Oh boy, go ahead. Go ahead <laughs> That's all I gotta say. No, uh, one of you know I think one of a lot of wrestling fans' uh, uh, favorite gag segments. Uh, as soon as you saw the first guy in the sting mask, you knew what was happening, right? Oh yeah, you knew it, and you could see people being like, "Do the thing." Do the thing. And I was ta- I was DMing you. I was like, you were saying that Please do the thing. Please do the thing. Please do the thing. And uh, sure enough, a bunch of gentlemen in sting masks came out uh, and one of them uh, uh, singled out Ethan Page and he looked like kind of a larger man. And you kind of had a feeling you knew who this was. But then he takes off the sting mask and it's I wonder how many squares on this uh, uh, on the AEW bingo card that I say <laughs> we, we checked I off. I get a bingo just for this bit happening. There you go. Everyone gets a bingo. Everybody gets a bingo for the Sting and Sting mask bit. No, it's great. He had a great moment in WCW, one in TNA, and now in uh, AEW. The only promotion he wrestled for that he didn't do the Sting and a Sting mask. New York, brother. That's right. Because he never had the chance to. New York didn't let him do it. And look what happens. They lost him. There you and go. that's what they get. That's what they get. That's what they get. So, yeah. So, that, that match is set up. And then we get our final. Uh, we get our final. It's the main event, Jeff. How dare you? You show some respect to the main event of your program. A segment is not the main event. It's the main event. Anything that's last is the main event. No. And you know, and listen, the word main event means nothing anymore anyway. They well, fucking is true. On Dark Elevation, the show that you watched, they build it as having four main events. Well, I Jeff. didn't. Well, I. you know what? That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> no, it does. I mean, it's not your fault. It might be your fault. I'm going to investigate this. So I guess put a pin in that. But right now, you're innocent until proven guilty. I digress. That's not how main events work, Jeff. You okay. can't have four of them. No, I, I agree. I agree. UFC fucked this up so bad for everybody with their co-main event bullshit. And this is where this all comes from. UFC started building all of their second-to-last fights as the co-main event. And now everyone thinks they can just, like, say there's a fucking four main events on your show. First of all, it's your C-show. There's no main event. So let's get that straight. <laughs> that, that show doesn't have a main event. It's on YouTube on Mondays, and we barely – it doesn't – there isn't even one main event, let alone four. <laughs> but that being said, this Inner Circle segment was the main event! No, it wasn't. Uh, in any event, 
Uh, so we, we get a uh, tribute with, starting off with Eric Bischoff, which I have seen way too much Eric Bischoff in the last week. <laughs> I mean, you know, seeing any Eric Bischoff is probably more than you need to see. Right. But... Who's clamoring for Eric Bischoff? Uh, not I. I mean, really. it's, you know, it's whatever. He's still, a, you know, a pretty charismatic guy. He understands how to, you know, be on TV and stuff. And, I mean, he was uh, he was serviceable in this role. So, whatever. Um, that being said, it was a, a, a tribute to the inner circle because uh, we, we may not be seeing them again after oh, Sunday. Yeah. You should see how hard I'm doing the jacking off motion with my hand <laughs> right now. Just full extension. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, so Jericho did a Jericho and Ortiz did a riff on uh, on on Shaft, which by the way I had to praise Ortiz because he and I have the same T-shirt. Ah, uh, the Four Pillars shirt. Yes, although he has the green one for Masao. I have the orange for Ashi. Ah, very nice, cool shirt. Yeah, it is a great shirt. I, I cool do Santana it. looked really cool. Yeah, um, Santana cut a really good promo. Yeah, and then uh, you know. And then here you go with Jericho re- referencing Guns N' Roses in 1987. Like, shut the fuck up. My God. Jericho, what else is he going to reference? Oh, God. My God. Like, it is like he did just have Greta Van Fleet on his podcast. It'd be really funny if he like referenced Greta Van Fleet. You know, I. That's the band that sounds like Led Zeppelin, right? Yes, I okay. think so. Okay. I, I couldn't. I don't re- listen to them, but that's, that's what I've heard. <laughs> Wait, the band that sounds like Led Zeppelin, you're talking about Billy Squire? Oh, that? Uh, the Stone Roses second album totally Look, sounded man, like Led Zeppelin. There's nothing that I can do about Lonely Is the Night being the, le- the best Led Zeppelin song. It's just the truth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, he's owie. Um, Get some, Leadheads. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> Damn. Uh, by the way, uh, I have now found uh, some pics from... Uh, uh, circa November 2020 before Jade Cargill made her debut uh, of Jade Cargill in a storm costume uh, looking very much like the one circa um, you know Dave Cockrum back in you know circa right. in, in the 70s from the, uh, uh, the BGT account okay well I it's on its way sir cool uh, anyway, so we get, we got, everybody gives a little testimonials. And then of course, MJF has to come on the screen showing that he he's kidnapped Dean Malenko, the, 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 the dastardly villain that, he, that MJF is, which of course, <laughs> is really which, of, which of course is a setup for, you know, the, the pinnacle to attack and, and, uh, all that Kid, kidnapping Dean Malenko is such a good bit. I really like this. Man. <laughs> this was funny. I thought it was fun. And it kind of gave a little bit of like, it was serious, but it also like how ridiculous the whole thing was on its face, gave it a little bit of levity, which it's a stadium stampede match. So it does need like a little bit of like levity, right? True. It, it does need a little bit of levity. Um, the inner circle get the shit kicked out of them. And that's what we close. Uh, episode. Those, uh, those stereo pile drivers were rough. Yeah. Well, especially since one of them, the table didn't break. The so. table did not break. One of them had the, uh, the legs fold underneath it. Yep. You can't, you know, what are you going to do? Sometimes those legs, but you gotta, you gotta put the little, uh, the little brass tab in the, in the, the joint there, you know, it's got those little slidey boys, right? Little slidey tabs. They always forget to do the slidey tabs. And that's how those, those, those uh, tables fold back down real pros. You'll make sure you put the little tabs down. So with that, we get that that ends episode 80.
AEW Dynamite. So that's the go home show. This is the go home show. So before we uh, go home on this on this show, let's uh, go through briefly the double or nothing card, which appears to be a ten match show. Oh Woo! dear, oh boy, <laughs> that's a card, baby. Look, I mean, again, we go talk about UFC. UFC does thirteen and fourteen, and sometimes even fifteen fight cards. Yeah, I, I tell uh, you what, I, I tell you what, the pandemic has conditioned me to accept, you know, six matches at the most. <laughs> I actually think uh, less matches on a card, less is more. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you want well, I do it. Too. I think with a, with one, you know, it being a big pay per view, and you know, having a, a pre show. If you're going to put a couple of those on the pre show, I can accept it. Well, uh, there's only one pre-show match listed, which we'll get to here momentarily. Okay. But I tell you what, when the pandemic's over and you know, if we're back to quote-unquote normalcy, there is no fucking way I am going back to 10-match uh, Road 2 shows for New <laughs> There is no fucking way I'm going back yeah. to that. I will yeah, stand my ground on that. Yeah, I will breath. stand my ground on that one. <laughs> there is no fucking way. All right, so the card for Double or Nothing, which takes place uh, tomorrow as we record this, on the 30th of May, 2021. You know, I, I saw the thing from Tony Khan where he says that uh, Double or Nothing and All Out are going to run on Saturdays, or on Sundays going forward, And but he wants Revolution and Full Gear to run on Saturdays. I, I still beseech the to run on Saturdays always because... Damn it, we want to do a show on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, and look, I mean, that's fine. I'm just, I want everyone, you know, just, you know, since we, we care about transparency this podcast, it is Jeff's decision that we don't record those things on Sunday nights. I'm up. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll I, do it. well, I, I will get murdered if we are <laughs> recording at 11 o'clock at night. I'll fucking do it. But uh, no, I get it. And But, you know, I understand their thinking about it. Uh, they have the two holiday weekends, Memorial Day and Labor Day. Take advantage of those. And now they can stretch these out having a Friday. If they want to do more Friday Dynamites in the future, they can. Uh, they can do these fan fests. They can kind of build around it. So I get it. And I'm also glad that on the non-holiday weekends that they're running Saturdays. I think it's an, for them as a business decision. I think it's the right thing to do is to have that blend of them. Obviously, for us in this podcast, we'd prefer to record at night, but well, plus, I think AEW is the right thing. I mean, plus, you know, if running on a Saturday, I mean, on a Sunday, excuse me, I mean, thankfully, yeah, if it's on a holiday, okay, great, I can sleep in, you know, but, yeah, I mean, considering, Remember like, that what, these what was only it? On holiday, these two shows are only on holiday weekends. Well, that's true. Well, you know, and that, thank God, All Out was last year, because, my God, I almost didn't get through that show. Yeah. And it will, and that's what it's going to be. It's, and I think this is a good thing to corner is to to corner Memorial and Labor Day weekend uh, in this fashion. I think it's a good business decision. Anyway, so let's uh, let's move on to the card. Uh, our pre-show match is uh, Serena Deeb defending the NWA World Women's Championship against Riho. So Riho is back. Really excited for this match. Is going to be fun. I got Deeb. I do too. Yeah, I think she. Uh, I think she. I think Deeb keeps it, but I think Riho gets a big rub. All right. Now these matches are not in any particular order. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make them in the order that I think they're going to run. So. All right. Um, I think the opener is going to be Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Could be. Could be. Could be the TNT title, as well. Uh. Well, anyway. Didn't surprise me. The opener of the title match, but yeah, yeah. Let's just, let's start there. So okay. Page versus Cage. Right. Uh, I, I I got him. Oh yeah, definitely. I think Paige is going because they they got to set it up, especially if they're letting crowds back. Yeah, I think that'll be a good, especially if it is uh, is the first match on the card. Maybe. And also remember, babyfaces are heels winning. 
it does have a lot to do with what the pacing and what the, the, the tone of the show is and what the end of the show is going to be, right? It depends on are they going to have high note or low note, and that will dictate a lot of your outcomes in a previous uh, thing on the show. You know, matches aren't booked in a vacuum. They're booked with the other things on the card in mind. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, so we're both taking Adam Page on this? Yeah. Okay, uh, next, the Casino Battle Royale uh, for the future AEW World Championship. Uh, running down very briefly the uh, the participants, uh, Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta El Cerro Miedo, uh, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, The Blade, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Number 10 Preston Vance, uh, Griff Garrison, who does not have a Wikipedia entry, by the way, Brian How Pillman, dare everybody. Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, Dustin Rhodes, Big Shotty Lee Johnson, also w- lacking a uh, Wikipedia profile, and to be announced. Who do you think the to be announced is going to be? There are a lot of possibilities. People are even talking about it being Nick Gage, which could happen. Oh, God. He's not that far from there. That's not. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, obviously, that's what I hope didn't it you is. Just say, didn't you just say GCW is running Wyoming? Yeah, Wyoming. At, oh, yeah, they're not in Vegas, duh. I guess, yeah, whatever. It's a flight. Um, why did I think Vegas? Because there's crowds again, probably. Um, were they just in, know, they, weren't they just in Vegas like a week or two ago? They were in Vegas like a week or two ago, I think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. It's... <sighs> It's wide open. There are so many possibilities. Uh, on- I, somebody threw Brian Danielson at me. I was like, there is no fucking way. No. Uh-uh. There is no if, fucking way. If it were to actually happen, which I also find, I do think Danielson's going back to WWE if he wrestles again. Um, but even if that, if he were to sign with AEW, this is not the way they'd introduce him. Get that out of your heads right now. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's nah. Yeah, so I, honestly, I don't have any idea who the... With this shock, I, I'm, I'm excited for the ride. But my 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 winner, my prediction is going to be Christian Cage, my with a dark horse of uh, of Will Hobbs. Ooh, for a world titles shot. Yes. Ooh. Well, okay. Brain says Christian Cage because they've only been talking about it every week since he got here. Okay, so who? So so pick Christian. Who's your dark horse? Well, not my dark horse. My I, I'm going with my head versus my heart. My okay. my my head pick is Christian Cage. My heart pick, you ought to know this. Uh, tell me anyway. Patel Saramiedo. Oh, Penta. Yeah, as much as I'd like that, I don't think it's uh, booking wise the way that they want to go with Penta right now. So I don't think I don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen either. But you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get uh, for the TNT Championship Miro defending against Lance Archer. As much as, you know, it would be really interesting to see a, a quick title change here, I don't think they put this belt on Miro with the intention of him losing it two to three weeks later to Lance Archer. I got Miro. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Taking Agogo. Really? I'm thinking this yep. is Cody. Especially with uh, especially with Agogo's injury. I want to take a contrarian pick here. I think after all of this stuff, and I think maybe that they originally planned for Cody, but I think... We talk about this. These guys are online. Like they read, you know, they name search, they read tweets, they read what fan reaction is, they know what's going on. And I think there's probably somewhere in Cody Rhodes' mind that he could shock the world by losing this match. I mean, he, so, he so might I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm going to say that. 
Uh, Hikaru Shida defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD, let's just Yeah, it's got to be Britt. Yeah, it's going to be Britt. I can't wait to see it because I think uh, Shida's going to give her an absolute fucking war to put her over as the new champion. I don't think Shida's not going to make this easy for her. Uh, And it's going to be a really, really good... Might be the best match of the night. I think Miro Archer or... uh, you know, oh, there's a couple matches that could steal the show. Yeah, but this one. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Don't say that because there's a couple that can. That can but this one, I think, is going to be a really fucking good match, and Britt's going to uh, earn every bit of this belt. Uh Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I'm going to take Scorpion Page. You know what? I think I will too. Ooh. I think I will too. Honestly. Yeah, I think you know, uh, uh, Sting got his big victory with his thing with Darby Allen. Uh, I think a little adversity to kind of uh, have Darby and Sting move away from each other might be the uh, the next move here. Uh, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, defending against uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, who are now officially known as Wild Thing. Very fun. Love that. Who wins? <sighs> the Bucks. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be hopeful. I hope Mox and Kingston win this. I, I, I'm right. going to say I'm going to say they win. You're this. picking them. You're doing them. it. I'll pick them. I love I'm go, your I'm going. I'm going for it. I like the cut of your jib, sir. Uh and where? God, now I lost my place. <laughs> oh, uh, the uh, yeah, this is going to have to be the main event. So, okay, uh, the AEW World Championship three-way match: Kenny Omega defending against Orange Cassidy and Wait, Billy Big so Fish Bollocks Pack. You... So you think that the title match won't be the main event? I'm damn sure it will not be the time, the main event. Okay. Uh, uh, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus the Bastard Pack. There's no way Omega's dropping this belt. Yeah, I'm going to take Kenny. I think yeah. the reason it's a three-way match is so Kenny can win. Yeah, Kenny's probably going to pin Orange Cassidy while Pac's not around, and that'll lead to uh, uh, Pac saying he wants a singles match. Or vice, or, or vice versa. Or vice versa. Could go either way, but I think the way that they're kind of showing everything right now, like Cassidy can still kind of hang out in his faction right now. I think there's kind of a little urgency to get a big storyline on one of the Death Triangle guys, and that guy is Pac. Uh, I think Pac is going to get a title shot probably at All Out. And then finally, uh, my, my which prediction. by the way, remember what was the all the original all out main event? What was it supposed to be? Yeah, it was supposed to be Omega versus Pac. Okay, so what do you think that the? Oh all no, no, out... no 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 so, no 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 wait oh, time out time out no that's not true. It was Page versus Pac. It was Page. Right? No, that was at Double or Nothing. What? Well, no, the Omega versus all in. No, no. Oh no, no. not all in. I'm okay, sorry. no, no, no. Okay, you're right. You're right. I am right. Shut up. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Shut up, Paul. I am right. No, no. Uh, Omega, no, Omega lost a pack at uh, at All Out because I remember was the one that got canceled. What was the oh the Double or Nothing one? Is the one that got canceled. okay. So the pack match against Adam Page got canceled at Double or Nothing. The match right. that the match that got canceled for All Out was uh, Omega versus Mox because Mox had a uh, staff infection. Right. Okay. Hot wrestling suit. Oh no no no! Was it a staff? No, it was his, uh, his bursa sack. Uh, he, in his he elbow. Was all fucked up. Yeah, yeah something happened. Yeah. 
So that's what happened. And then and then Pac beat Omega because I remember missing that match the first the first time because I went out to get food because I didn't think that surely Pac versus Omega was going to be the second match of the evening. And well, guess what? <laughs> look, Jeff, you're the brains of this operation. I am just the looks, which on a podcast is really important. Yeah, let's make lots of money. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. Uh, you know, in an audio medium, being you, the you, looks you, of the operation is you, one of the, the most crucial tasks. You've and, got the uh, bronze. I've got the brains. <laughs> it's, yes, that's what everyone knows of me is for my brawniness. I'm just saying, hey, you know what? You, I'm a monster heel. You, you know what? If you're going to throw Pet Shop Boys lyrics at me, I'm going to run <laughs> with them. I'm sorry. And then finally, uh, what I think will be the main event, the Stadium Stampede match. Uh, the, inner oh, cir- yeah. the, the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz versus the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spear, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood uh, the, with the stipulation of if the Inner Circle lose, they must disband. Uh, I already said this once, so I'm just going to stick with it. There is a 0% chance the Inner Circle loses this match. Really? I think the Pinnacle wins. Do you think that they're going to break up the Inner Circle? You know what? It, That's the stipulation okay, here, Jeff. Okay, so here's the thing. They would have to break up the Inner Circle if they lose this match. It's uh, not I understand. Happened. I understand that, but here's the thing. They have done. They did two tributes uh, on this episode. You know, one for Sheeta, one for the Inner Circle. One of them is gonna. One of them is gonna lose slash break up. It's gonna be yeah. Sheeta. Therefore, I think the other one wins. Oh wait, you know what? Yeah, I just fucked up, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's what you get. That's what you get. See what happens. You know you what? Right around you. It's a double turn, folks. WrestleMania 13. Woo! <laughs> you know that was that is still the only match worth watching on that show. <laughs> It's but it's such a good fucking match. Oh yeah, it's like it's possibly oh, it's, be- so it's possibly the best match that company ever put on. I'm possibly. still incredibly partial to the Iron Man match. Uh it just means a lot to me. Uh, uh got yeah, Red Heart guy. My 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 alternate pick is uh is uh Savage and Steam. Savage Steamboat's a classic. It is. Okay, wait a second. The opening match of that show was Billy Gunn and Flash Funk. What do you mean none of these matches are worth watching? What about Rocky Maivia and The Sultan? As I was saying. <laughs> oh, you know oh, what? No, not, I... Now you fuck me all up, man. Okay. But what about Owen Hart and the British Bulldog taking on Mankind Invader that ended in a double countout? God. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, Daddy of them all, folks. Boy, you know what? Now, now I'm completely fucked up. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm predicting now. What am I predicting? Oh, you know what? No, I, no, I'm sorry. You know what? You're right. I, I, I am still going with the pinnacle winning. Okay, cool. I'll put it there. I like, there. I like it. Let's do it. All right. So, Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can find me at. Wait for it. Drum roll. At Cool Step Uncle on Twitter. I changed my Twitter at. So new Twitter at. It is Cool Step Uncle. Why did you uh, change your Twitter at? Um, I don't really use my Twitch stream a whole lot anymore, so I didn't want my other screen names or online names tied to it necessarily. Like, because my name was just like based on my Twitch account, and like I don't really use the Twitch thing anymore. So uh, I figured I would just change my ads. I don't know. I thought it'd be fun. You, you, so you know, TTV could have just stood for something else. No, it just means Twitch TV, and like I can't. You know? I know that, but it could stand for something else. 
Eh, it could have, but it didn't. So I changed it. Uh, it's Cool Step Uncle now. Uh, that's what it is. So follow me at Cool Step Uncle. Uh, you can follow this podcast, of course, at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Um, so make sure you do that. My Twitch account's still there. It's twitch.tv slash thickflare. Uh, it's not going anywhere. I just don't use it a whole lot. But do follow me there if you have Twitch because I actually have some ideas I want to run by Jeff that we might end up using on that channel one day. So, yeah, follow us there, too. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GD Wessel. Uh, this is going to be a busy weekend because um, in addition to this show, uh, I am going to be recording probably a very long episode of Busting Balls tomorrow. Um in honor of the long episodes, uh, which, you know, we'll talk about. Yeah, you did another long podcast recently. That's that I did. Yes. And I, I did a uh, I, I, I dropped the uh, special episode with uh, the Days of Thunder crew uh, where we just it's also uh, counts as strong style history. Episode 17 uh, in the canon in which we uh, discussed the whole uh, collision in Korea saga. Both, Absolutely. Both the show itself and. The, uh, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary. So, yeah, please check that out, too. And then, of course, Paul and I will be showing up on your holiday memorial fee- day feed. Whoa! Because we will be reviewing <laughs> uh, Double or Nothing. Yes, we are. Uh, of course we are coming back with our Double or Nothing review episode. We'll be recording and releasing that sometime Monday, so keep your feeds ready for that. And then, uh, no, we're not back on Wednesdays yet. That, that'll that be, uh, we have another Saturday episode next week, don't we? Another Saturday episode. There will be one more Friday Dynamite before the regular schedule returns. Oh, boy. My weekends are getting booked with this shit now. We are all over the place, my dude. Paul, any last words? Loneliness of the Night really is the best Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> we'll, see on, uh, we'll see you on Memorial Day. Take care, folks. Enjoy Double or Nothing. It's a hard time to fight When the walls are closing in Call it what you like It's time you got to win Lonely, lonely, lonely Your spirit's sinking down